Real quick before we dive into today's topic, a few episodes back, I talked about establishing rituals and how that helps you fortify your body and mind in preparation for the work that we do. When I gave some details about the ways that I utilize rituals, I mentioned that I use a personal shaver from Manscaped to trim my armpits and my downstairs region. Well, I want to make an announcement and let you know that Manscaped has partnered with me to offer listeners 20% off and free shipping with the code IGNITED at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use the code IGNITED. Unlock your confidence with the new Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. I'm fortunate to be one of the few people that they sent their brand new personal shaver to, the Lawnmower 4.0, and this thing is legit. I gotta tell you, it's got an LED light on it so you can see what the heck it is you're doing down there. It's got wireless charging, a skin safe ceramic blade to keep you from slicing things up down there, and it's waterproof so you can take it in the shower if you want. If you're using the same shaver to trim your body and your face, you're doing it wrong. Get the new Lawnmower 4.0 and change your world. Remember to use code IGNITED for 20% off and free shipping. You've heard me talk a lot about organizational culture on this podcast. One of the main reasons is that I'm incredibly fascinated by the elements that make up a company's or fire department's culture, whether it's good or bad. I'm interested in learning what makes good organizations thrive and what makes bad organizations fail. I'm always looking for the elements that contribute to each side of that coin. So what I did was took my own advice. I reverse engineered some things and I took a look at what I determined to be a toxic culture and I worked backwards from there. And what I came away with was an equation. In today's episode, I'll tell you what that equation is. I'll break down each element of that equation and I'll provide you with some strategies and insight that you can take back to your own organizations to help foster the organizational culture for the better. We feel like it's up to us to hold the line As we light the spark within ourselves It comes from way deep down inside We're so sick of the status quo We are here to let you know Unaddressed problems are alive First things first, we need to define some terms here. So let's start with organizational culture. The best definition that I've read to date comes from an amazing book called Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. He says, culture is a set of living relationships working toward a shared goal. It's not something you are, it's something you do. If you really want to understand the inner workings of organizational culture with some amazing examples, then read that book. Ultimately, organizational culture is the collection of values, expectations, and practices that each team member exemplifies. And like I said, this is for good or bad. The term organizational culture isn't itself a good or bad term. It simply is. A great culture exemplifies positive traits that lead to improved performance, 
while a dysfunctional company culture brings out qualities that can hinder even the most successful organizations. And while the mission and vision statements can both help define culture, we shouldn't confuse it with the culture itself. Culture is created through consistent and authentic behaviors, not press releases or pushing policy down people's throats. You can see organizational culture in action when you see how the leaders respond to a crisis, how lower level teams meet the needs of the people that they serve, and how a supervisor like a captain or a battalion chief corrects an employee who makes a mistake. Now let's talk about the other two parts of this equation. As you know, I like to keep things simple. It helps me not only remember what the heck it is I've learned, but it helps me put things I've learned into action. And that's the whole point here, isn't it? Taking action on these things. So let's break each one of them down. The equation is values plus behavior equals culture. So let's talk about values first. At the heart of organizations' cultures are commonly shared values. This is where your core values come into play. Each set of core values for different organizations should be unique to its makeup of people and inherent culture. You don't write down a list of, buzz, of, uh, of buzzwords that don't really mean anything to your people and then expect them to care about those things. It's disingenuous. People aren't going to buy in. If people haven't made the investment to be a part of that process, they're not going to buy into some superficial bullcrap sticker you slap on the station windows. It's not going to happen. So, for example, if one of your organizational values is, let's say, quote, responsive, then you can't promote people and ideals that are completely knee-jerk reactionary and not responsive whatsoever. That goes directly against your expressed core values. I'd respect that organization more if they flat out owned it and said that being reactive was one of their core values. Now, granted, that mentality won't make their organization thrive, but at least they're being honest about it. Core values should be things that are already driving you, things that are already in existence. If honesty is important among your people, and it's the thing that they most often express they had more of, then guess what? Honesty should be listed as a core value. Same thing for accountability. If people are continually complaining or expressing concern over a lack of accountability, and they consciously are telling you that they want more of it, then guess what? Accountability is one of your core values. You should embrace it. You should harness that and write it off into the sunset. If you'd like some insight as to how I identified my personal core values and the core values of Ignited, then you can go back and listen to episodes 87 through 89, and I specifically talk about each one of the core values that I hold dear. These values are action, ownership, and brotherhood. And these are things I recite to myself every day. And I do that to remind myself to take action on those things and foster those values. So let's talk about part two, or not, I guess not really part two, but this is like the second part of this equation. So the first part's values. This is behavior. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where our core values take on a face through our actions. How are we treating the public? How are we treating each other? Are the answers to those questions in alignment with the core values that you've identified? I sure hope they are. 
If they're not aligned, then you need to either A, change your behavior, or B, change your listed core values. If respect is one of your core values, and you're yelling out the window at people riding bikes as you pass them while you're on the fire truck, then are you really exemplifying respect to your community? Or what about when you talk down to the people that are on your crew? Let's say that they're doing laundry and you need to wash your sheets. If you take their stuff out mid-cycle, put it aside in a wet clump and put your stuff in and run, run a new cycle with your own stuff, is that showing respect? Obviously not. And I wish I could tell you that these things are hypothetical situations, but they're not. These are actual examples of real things that have happened, sadly. So what are some things we can do to help foster a quality culture where everybody loves everybody? Well, nothing really, because the perfect situation doesn't exist, right? Unless you work somewhere like Ramsey Solutions or StoryBrand, something like that. But anyway, I digress. Realistically, people aren't perfect, right? We screw up. So to hold each other and ourselves to a standard of perfection is only going to set us up for failure. The same goes for any relationship, whether it's a professional working relationship or a friendship or even a marriage. Fortunately, this is where we show our quality as human beings in those moments where we can offer grace to people. Before you can take active steps toward building an amazing culture, the elements of values and behaviors need to be reverse engineered in order to see where your starting point is. Once you've clearly identified your values and your desired behavior, then you can coordinate your efforts within the organization to prove the equation. And don't get me wrong, you don't have to set out to change the world. Just start by changing your immediate environment. Start by implementing small changes among your crew. By focusing on the following qualities, we can cultivate an environment that thrives and is one that others would fight to be a part of. These qualities are alignment, appreciation, trust, performance, resiliency, teamwork, integrity, innovation, and psychological safety. Are these qualities all a part of the team you're currently part of? What about the organization as a whole? Like I said, the best place to start is where you are with what you're currently working with. So personally, I'd start by consciously fostering these elements among your team, among your crew. So let's break each one of these down, shall we? Now, I listed off those, those qualities. Now, these aren't the only qualities, and these aren't all of the qualities. These are the ones that I have identified through observation, st like stringent note-taking, um, and these are the, the elements that I've determined will make a good and productive culture. So let's break each one of them down. The first one was alignment. And alignment comes when the organization's objectives and its people's motivations are all pulling in the same direction. Exceptional organizations work to build continuous alignment to their vision, mission, and values. One of the ways to put this to the test is to ask your people currently, what is our mission? What is our vision? What are our core values? If they can't tell you what those things are, that's probably a good place to start. 
in regards to alignment, getting everybody on the same page. Next up, appreciation. And appreciation can take many forms. It can be like a public kudos, a personal handwritten note of thanks, which you guys know I'm very partial to, or a special task based on skills, talents, and interests. A culture of appreciation is one in which all team members frequently provide recognition and thanks for the contributions of others, big or small, doesn't matter. If you simply cook dinner or take the garbage out, show appreciation for that. Don't have the attitude of, well, it just needed to get done. Well, yeah, it did just need to get done, but that person took initiative and did that thing. So maybe show some appreciation. Next up, trust. Trust is vital. With a culture of trust, we can express ourselves and rely on others to have our backs when we're working to get the job done. Our professions in fire and EMS require it. So to be haphazard when it comes to hiring and promoting people is to undermine the very thing that should be at the foundation of what it is we do. If we can't trust someone, if we can't, if we can't trust someone with our wives or with our significant others or with our children, why the hell are we promoting these people? Why the hell are we rewarding their behavior and their lack of affinity for trust? It, it, it blows my mind. And then when things don't work out, people are like either surprised or they say, yeah, I knew that was coming. Well, then why the hell are you promoting that person? Why the hell are you sitting back and letting this crap happen and just turning your organization into a cancer? Anyway, I'm going to go off on a big rant here about that, but I'll keep moving on. Uh, next up is performance. Performance is key when it comes to fire and EMS, when it comes to our professions. If we can't perform the duties of our jobs, then we shouldn't be doing them. It reminds me of uh, Tony Stark talking to Peter Parker in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. After a big blunder, you know, he, uh, Tony's given Peter some words of wisdom. And he says, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. And the same goes for wearing the uniform of a firefighter or a paramedic. If you're nothing without that uniform, then you shouldn't be wearing it, period. At its most basic definition, our professions demand action and performance when it matters most. It's your responsibility to foster your own level of performance and training on duty as well as off duty. And don't push this off on the, on the captain. Don't push this off on your supervisors. Take some ownership of it. Create a template. Do some training. Do something. You're, you're supposed to be keeping fit. At the very least, you should be working out every day. At the very least. Again, physical fitness is the bare minimum in order to be able to do this job. Bare minimum. Moving on. Resiliency. Resiliency is our ability to come back from the depths. It's our ability to adapt to change regardless of how difficult it may be. A resilient culture will teach people to watch for and respond to change with ease. The more practiced at it we become, the stronger we are when adversity hits. Resiliency comes through putting yourself in places that are uncomfortable, like through exercise, through taking cold baths, like a cold plunge, through vulnerability through being a part of things that you normally wouldn't be a part of, but in a positive way. So seek those opportunities to step into something that might be a little 
uncomfortable. Those are the places that we're going to grow. Those are the places that we're going to be able to build up that resiliency. Next up, teamwork. Teamwork embodies collaboration, communication, and respect between team members. When everyone on the team supports each other and isn't looking for a weakness to strike at in order to establish some perverse sense of authority and hierarchy, we get more done and feel happier while we do it. Even the most disgusting tasks like fishing our patients out of an ocean of their own feces. So just keep that in mind, guys. Nobody wants to do that alone, right? Nobody wants to do that at all, period. But (laughs) we sure as hell don't want to do it alone. Anyway, moving on, integrity. Integrity is a lot like trust, and it's vital to all teams when we rely on each other to make decisions and take action. Honesty and transparency are critical elements of this aspect of culture. If I can't rely on you, then I don't want you on my team, period. Like, that's it. Moving on to innovation. Innovation directs organizations to get the most out of available technologies, resources, and markets. Innovation doesn't mean constantly creating new things or trumping up some superficial ideas to try to be on the cusp of appearing like you're innovative. Like if you, let's say, let's say you were the first department in your area to do 12 leads and that was 20 years ago. Well, guess what? It's time to move on. Like you can take that as a win. That's great. But because you did one thing 20 years ago, that doesn't make you an innovative organization. Innovation is like a living thing. You have to keep feeding it to keep it alive. It means that you're able to apply creative thinking to all aspects of what you're facing based on the resources that you've got, even if it's against your own current practices. Again, that's where resiliency comes in, right? Step into, step into open waters. Step into something that's a bit challenging. Last up, psychological safety. What this does is it provides an environment where we feel like we can take mitigated risks and give honest feedback. This starts at the crew level, not the individual level. So supervisors and captains need to take the lead in creating this kind of safe environment where everyone feels comfortable contributing something. If I go to my supervisor and I have a suggestion or a complaint and that person reams me for it or worse, writes me up for it, for bringing up a concern, then how safe am I going to feel in that environment to bring up anything, even if it's dangerous, even if I'm watching, even if someone is watching somebody do something dangerous, if they don't feel safe in reporting that thing, guess what's going to happen? Not going to get reported. (laughs) Like it's no surprise guys. It's no surprise. And yet we act like it's this huge surprise and, and that well, I was just joking or people write off their shitty behavior with the, with the term, Oh, I was just kidding as a way to like hide their assholery. That's a new word I just made up by the way. So use it as you will. But anyway, psychological safety is important because we need to be, we need to feel safe in the environment that we're operating in so that we can bring up these concerns. And in our environment, in our careers, when life or death matters, we can't afford not to have that psychological safety. Now, I know that all of this is easier said than done. However, it's the doing that's the fun part. And it's where the real work begins. We can talk all day long about how these elements are wonderful and how they'll make some kick-ass culture. But if we aren't 
willing to take action toward these elements, then what are we doing? Why wouldn't you want to be a part of an organization that people are banging down the doors to be a part of, rather than having to desperately scrape and convince people to fill out applications to work there? To me, that is pathetic. So go through and examine these elements and apply them to your situation. Reverse engineer the things that speak to you and take action towards affecting positive change based on those elements. I'm always eager and willing to have a dialogue on what you all think out there. So join the conversation in the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group. I love hearing what you all have to say about these episodes. So join the group, contribute to the conversation, and connect with those of us who are looking to level up. I'll post a link to that in the show notes. All you got to do is click the link. It'll take you right there. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Ignited.